Well, our semi-final series have got down to a best of three. The Perth Wildcats hosting the Hawks tonight, 7.30 at RAC Arena. Tomorrow night, it's United and South East Melbourne Phoenix, the Melbourne Derby, which is, of course, a Game 3 decider as well. Andrew Gaze, NBL legend, joins us. Gaze, could you have predicted this? I would have thought it would have been a sweep for both the Wildcats and United, but it certainly is not the case. No, spot on, Goss. It's uh, it's going to be a, a huge one tonight with the Wildcats playing Illawarra. And it's uh, one that most people now think that it's uh, going to flip back to in favour of the, the Wildcats. But never underestimate Brian Gorgian and the game plans that he can put together. And uh, despite a incredible display by the Perth Wildcats, just a little concerned about some of their injuries. Mitch Norton's a huge one. And Luke Travers looked like he tweaked his um, ankle in the latter stages of that game too. So they've got some injury concerns they need to overcome, but um, particularly when it's all focused in that one position, uh, if if both those guys are, are, are out or, or not at their best, it, it is going to be a tough assignment. No doubt. It's interesting, isn't it, that both the, these games, the, the two games in the finals so far, have been won by the away team and, and no one. No one, even though there was no Bryce Cotton, would have predicted the Hawks, who have be- barely knocked the skin off a rice pudding when they've come to Perth over a long period of time. And, and they did a fantastic job to stave off the Cats in game one. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, I think that it was one that you can look to just to some specific areas. The consistent um, factor in the two games is offensive rebounding. And that's been the strength of the Perth Wildcats, not just this season, throughout Trevor Gleeson's time with the Perth Wildcats, uh, he's always been able to put together great rebounding teams. And uh, for, the, for Illawarra to come into the Perth Stadium and uh, win the, the rebound count, you know, real dour struggle, low scoring in the 70s. And, um, you know, I think that that's the way the Perth Wildcats want to play the game. Um, and quite ironically, for a Brian Gorgian team, we've seen throughout the course of his history that he's usually liked to take the pace out of the ball, really put the emphasis on the defensive end. He he was um, trying to get up and down and, and, and uh, find easy scoring options. And eventually it was uh, Justinian Jessup in that game one that got it going. And uh, that, that was the difference, being, being able to make a few shots down the stretch. And uh, again tonight, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair just because the way the Perth Wildcats, uh, the, the, the strategy they're using right now, without Bryce Cotton in there, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. And that, that puts a lot of pressure on your defence. And I think any team that can get out and find some cheap baskets and and uh, put some points on the board is going to have the advantage. What about fatigue factor, Gazy? Fatigue factor. I mean, Illawarra have had to come in here and then travel back. Now they come back again. The Wildcats have had to do one less trip in that regard in this series. Um, do you yeah. think that'll play a part of it late in the game tonight? Well, it could, but I think a lot of that sort of goes out the window if you don't have your personnel. Uh, get back to what I said before, if Mitch Norton is not there, I think he's, it, it, despite the fact that he only played 10 minutes and you got the win on the road, despite that fact, I think that he is critical to, to what the Perth Wildcats do. And if he's not there from the start... And you look at the, the, the offensive weapons that the Illawarra Hawks have in um, in, in Harvey and, and, and Jessup in particular. But, um, you know, I don't think in a game three like this that, that, that fatigue will play as much as a factor as what a lot of people would assume.
because the emotions are high. There's a lot at stake. It's, you lose this and your season's over. And I think that um, those truly, uh, really committed, gutsy teams are able to play through a little bit of fatigue when so much is at stake. Andrew Gaze, our guest on Sporting Goss, a 29-point turnaround from Game 1 to Game 2 of the United versus Phoenix uh, final series. Uh, did you see that coming? <laughs> Not at all. I think that um, Phoenix have been one of those teams that are really hard to get a, a read on. They, um, they've, they've played some really good basketball, but uh, their worst has been really bad. They've got this real big spectrum of, of, of how they can play, and um, I think that they're able to turn around a, a real subpar performance in game one, and, and they would have some excuses. We just spoke about fatigue and the last three weeks that they've been all over the place, uh, a lot, a lot of travel. And um, perhaps that caught up with him in game one, but they were able to find a, a way to dig deep and, and uh, come out with an incredible turnaround in that game yesterday. Uh, I, I think that you know, Mitch Creek was fantastic and a lot of this series and Phoenix's uh, success or failures is going to fall on his shoulders. Kiefer Sykes, who's missed a fair chunk of the season, he also stepped up and... Uh, Melbourne United got a little nervous. I know Dean Bigham in the post-game press conference uh, put a, a real strong point of emphasis in the style of play given the way in which the game was officiated. But I think that, um, you know, they lost their way a little bit, went very terminal. Uh, their shots that they were able to produce was not the, the, to the standard which they have over the last three or four games. And it was just a, a brilliant performance by the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Gacy, I know this is an easy hit, but I just want to ask you, are you concerned by the clearly uh, physical confrontation that coaches and players have in gesticulating and getting in the face of our officials? And even post-game, there seems to be a a constant dialogue in press conferences about the way games are officiated. I don't know another sport like it. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's always a, a fine line. In games, I think you, there, there is a, an understanding that there's the emotion of the games. And as long as you're not being disrespectful or demonstrative in the way in which you, you, you react, I, I think that there is a balance in there that, that, that we as fans and as players and competitors and coaches, we, we can all understand and respect. But um, I think that, that, that what we're seeing... This season, not just in this final season, this season that uh, the way in which that the, the coaches interact with the, the, the referees and, and, and the players gesticulate when they uh, feel they've been hard, hard done by, it, it's ugly to watch. And maybe because of we've seen a lot of games where there hasn't been a lot of fans at games because of um, the pandemic and mm. some of the restrictions that venues have, maybe we hear a lot, we're just hearing a lot more uh, than what we used to. Uh, but but I tend to agree. But when you look at the post-game press conferences, I think both Brian George and, and Dean Vickerman in particular, um, the, the teams that lost as those games too, that they they were having references and certainly trying to bring the authorities or, or bring messages or send messages to the authorities that um, there are to some discrepancies. Now, having said all that, you know there, there's some games which you can. Be critical of the officials, absolutely. But I don't think it's the position of the players and the coaches to do that. I, I, I don't like it, and um, there's, there's got to be a balance in there that we try to figure out. 
Two games to go before we get our grand finalists. All right, I'm going to put your well. No, I'm not going to put your. I'm not going to put your reputation on the line. You're putting your own reputation on the line, and don't be afraid to shoot from the hip. We know you love the Perth Wildcats fans, and you're going to air here in Perth, but people will hear it around the country. Who wins tonight? Who wins tomorrow night? Who plays off in the grand final? Well, I think if all things are, are, are equal, and that is that that Mitch Norton is healthy and Luke Travers is at uh, at his full capacity. To me, the Perth Wildcats win that. I think that they were very unlucky not to... Not unlucky, I shouldn't say that, because Illawarra did a great job in that game one. But for 80% of the game, they they had the lead. They led it every change and uh, just weren't able to close the deal. So I think that the uh, the Perth Wildcats, uh, provided they don't have any significant injury issues, they get through that one. And, and I think that Melbourne United, you, you don't lose... Well, they've only lost nine games all season now. They, they, they only lost eight in the regular mm-hmm. season. Uh, you know, any time you go 28 and eight, that is, that, that is a, a significant body of work that suggests that you've got a very talented team playing really good basketball. So anything that happened in a, in a, a single game series, which one of these have, have become, but I think that um, Melbourne United get through and the Perth Wildcats do and uh, it should be a cracking final series. It should be. Final one, though, on top of all of that, if the Wildcats happen to win the title without Bryce Cotton down the stretch and in the final series, will this go down to be one of their best uh, titles without a player who's head and shoulders probably above anyone else in the competition? Oh, 100%. And I think what it will do is um, also, for some reason, I don't think Trevor Gleeson gets enough credit for the, the amazing success the Perth Wildcats have had over the last eight to ten years. I, I know they've been in the finals forever and a day, 35 seasons. But in particular, their level of excellence, their level of play, um, and what they've been able to do with a, uh, a number of different combinations, uh, I, I don't think Trevor Gleeson gets the credit that, that, um, that he is due. And this would just be a remarkable... Uh, coaching performance as well. And I, I'm already seeing it in the way in which that he's putting in place a strategy, sticking to his guns and, and to what he believes in, in this series already. And um, I, I think that it would be great for him to get that recognition, but still a lot of work to do. And I wouldn't underestimate uh, Brian Georgian and what he can put together for the Illawarra Hawks. But if, like you say, he, they are able to get through, it uh, no doubt would we be one of the great performances by Perth Wildcats team, of which there have been many. Love talking hoops with you, great man. Thanks for joining us today on Sporting Goss. It's a pleasure, mate. Good luck. Here's Andrew Gaze, legend of Australian basketball, legend of Australian sport, talking all about the basketball. And tonight it is the Cats and the Hawks. Tip-off at RAC Arena is 7.30. This is the Sporting Goss. Back with plenty more after the break.